Blanco on the normal radio. Free weed. Free weed. Oh, yo. Danny Danko come to show you how it grows. You're now tuned in to Free Weed from Danny Danko on normal radio. Presented by High Times Magazine. See me, I say, boom, bang. Big respect. See me, I say, Danny Danko. All right, welcome, welcome, welcome. Thank you, Jacques and Lindstrom, for the song, Free Weed. This is episode number 36 of High Times Presents Free Weed from Danny Danko. How you doing, Mike? I'm doing well. I'm Mike Hughes. That is Danny Danko, and this is episode 36. 36. Good golly. All right. Yeah, yeah. That's a, it's a pretty solid episode, I would say. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm excited about it. We are going to talk about the Denver Cup that's coming up Uh a lot of interesting stuff about that. We have a great interview with uh, James from Loud Seeds, a uh, Cannabis Cup winner for Hybrid for his uh, Loud Scout, which uh, has that Girl Scout cookies in it everybody's yeah, talking about. That is some good stuff. We had that out in San Francisco, and uh, yeah, so it'll be exciting to talk to James. And yep. then we have an extra long cultivation segment today. Yeah, we decided to beef it up, you know. we A lot we, of reader we, questions. We felt like we were neglecting our write-in questions, so we got a... You know, eight or nine of those yes yeah right on and uh yeah we're excited episode 36 free weed thank you for listening thank you for sticking with us and uh thank you for your free weed at all these events okay well there you go <laughs> sit tight we'll be right back All right. So, uh, you know, we're all gearing up here now for this uh, perfect storm of cannabis <laughs> eventery called yes. the Denver Cannabis Cup. The first U.S. Cannabis Cup. First it's a ever. medical cannabis cup. It's a U.S. Cup. It's, it's, uh, it's insanity. It's, is it's what on it is. 420. It's on 420. And 421. But, it, uh, it's in and Denver. 420 falls on a Saturday. Denver, you know, Colorado legalizes marijuana. High times. Shows up for the third time in Denver, right? This oh, is it's the, our third time, yeah. It, it's a perfect storm, and we <clears throat> are expecting a big one. Yeah, like 12,000 people, 13,000, something yeah, like that. we've expanded the venue. We've hired a lot more people uh, working, volunteers. Um, well, yeah, it's sold out. Uh, so for people who don't know, at this point, you can't really get tickets unless you're, you know, going on StubHub or oh, man. eBay or Have something. Have you seen, like, prices? Up yeah, on it's there. getting a little out of control. But <laughs> but basically, uh, you maybe can explain this better. The idea is um, if you're a medical patient, there's going to be an area for you. Right. If you're a medical patient from Colorado, if you just like pot, uh, there's a recreation, a recreation, recreating, recreating, recreating right? area yeah. for you to recreate. So yep. is that sort of how it works? That's how it works if you have tickets. And also uh, there's a whole nonprofit section as well with uh, a lot of the organizations that are helping to legalize cannabis, including, uh, you know, Normal, of course, and uh, a bunch of local ones as well, and uh, Cash Hide Foundation. And that should be, uh, that should be an interesting and, and educational little section there as well and a, a little break you can take from the nonstop uh, <laughs> recreating the and medicating recreating. and yeah so there's going to be 
it's going to be some dabs, I would imagine. There's going to be some really good flowers. And, yeah. You know. And, you know, the celebration is throughout Denver. Mm-hmm. I know Adam uh, Dunn, a guest we've had on the show from TH Seeds and Hemp Hood Lab and all and Hoodlam. And they're, they're having a can, cannabis carnival, you know, carnival kind of thing going on all week long with different themes. And that's like a block away from our event. Uh, um, also, you know, they're going to have a bunch of food trucks there. So, you know, people don't have to rely simply just on the what's going on inside Exta. Yeah, that's going on. And of course, you know, the, the, big, the big rally. Yeah, uh, the rally, in, the, four, the 420 rally. Right. Yeah, the, the big Hall. rally is not in Boulder as it has been, you know, in previous years. It's going to be downtown right Denver. in downtown Denver. So yeah, that, it's going to be a madhouse, smoke I think. cloud at that. I yeah. mean, that's just an a epic, epic sequence of events happening all at once. So, that's right. You but know, then, I, I said it's the it's the stoner epicenter of the universe on that particular date you know? yes and even more so because of the entertainment so let's let's talk yeah. a little about that on well, the 19th what do we have friday it's night. the day before 420 friday night uh mr snoop lion aka snoop dog aka snoop doggy dog <laughs> will be uh screening a film and his new film uh, reincarnated uh, yeah and it's about how he uh changed from from snoop dog into snoop lion and that should be interesting. Yeah. And then he's going to re- be receiving an award from us for a lifetime achievement. He right? is. He is. It, it sounds a little strange right now, but he is getting the Dr. Lester Grinspoon Lifetime Achievement Award, and he will be presented with that at, uh, I believe the venue is the Fillmore Auditorium. Fillmore. And, cool. uh, and then he's going to DJ and hopefully perform a couple songs. And- yeah, he's going to do an hour-long set, and uh, we also have some other performers um to be announced that evening so that's that is uh friday the 19th right and then of course the cannabis cup opens on uh at noon on saturday mm-hmm. on 420 but then that night there's something special going on yeah right? slightly stupid and cypress hill at red rocks at red rocks yeah don't ask me for comps either because i barely got a ticket <laughs> to that one <laughs> this thing is so jam-packed uh there are members of the staff who can't even get into it it's pretty it's bonkers a, it's a tough tough ticket to get and that's going to be a really uh fun evening in a beautiful venue with uh, some great friends we've had c money on the show before from slightly stupid uh hopefully we'll have some members of cypress hill in the near future I did talk to eric bobo about coming on and hopefully we can get be real and send dog and have have that as part of a future show, but uh, yeah, it's going to be epic right there. Slightly stupid Cypress Hill, 420. Yeah, it's going to be pretty crazy. Red yeah. Rocks. That's right. Um, <laughs> and there's a bunch of other stuff going on that night. For people who didn't get tickets to that, there's a ton of uh, of other shows in town. Uh, I know. I if you can't find something to do <laughs> on, on 420 in Denver Saturday uh, night, yeah, um, you're not looking I hard think, enough. I think Red Man and Method Man are performing at Cervantes or something. But yes, they are. Right. That's there's that's a bunch of stuff. So a lot of things a... happening, and then of course, I think a lot of people just maybe wanting to call it a, a night because it's right. going to be a pretty epic Long day. day. Long so. day, and then we got Sunday after that. Uh, we got the award show that night that'll actually be the first ever announcement of the first American cannabis cup. It's a different cup. It's got like got an American flag inlay. Yeah, on yeah. It. We it's, just got to see uh, these things that are, they look very cool. It's like the the red, white, and blue base of the cup. So basically, that is a competition that's open to seed companies throughout the country. Right, and it's all. Legal, thanks to Colorado voters. So well done if you're a Colorado voter. 
So yeah, uh, we got Snoop on Friday night. We've got the Cannabis Cup Saturday, uh, Slightly Stupid and Cypress Hill Saturday evening. Mm -hmm. And then the Cannabis Cup again Sunday at the award show Sunday night. It's going to be a crazy, crazy time. And you're judging again, right? I'm going to help out with that as well. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we're, we should also mention that San Francisco tickets are on sale right as we speak. So if you did get sold out of Denver and you still want to come to an awesome Cannabis Cup in the near future, buy some tickets. Yeah, that's the next one up in June. You can do that at medcancup.com. Right. You can, uh, but the the way to do it is go to cannabiscup.com, okay. and that's uh, you could find all the information there. We're back at the Craneway in Richmond, just outside of uh, San Francisco. It's a beautiful venue, and we're looking forward to that. But we got to get through Denver first. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, is what's in the news? I know there's some cool. Yeah, let's just uh, you know. I wanted to just touch on this one thing real quick. Uh, for the first time, basically, they have been asking uh, the question. Do you support legalizing uh, marijuana? Just marijuana, not medical, marijuana. Do you support legalizing it since 1969? So uh, over 40 years they've been asking this question. And for the first time, uh, the Pew Research Center just released a poll that said a majority of Americans support legalizing pot. That's pretty crazy, 52%. Yeah, Yeah, the tide tide is turning fast. And uh, the people who are opposing it are fewer and fewer, and the people who support it are more and more. So it's, you know, it's a downhill roll from where we are but we cannot stop the fight I and mean, yeah, we no, got to keep it up we we got the momentum and the you got to keep the, the momentum the, the 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 research that came out of this uh, survey is really interesting it's something like 48% of all Americans have tried pot at one point um 50% don't even think it's a moral issue, uh, whereas just a couple of years ago, uh, I think 50% believed it was morally wrong. So great progress. Uh, you could actually hear more about that because uh, Dan is going to join me on the News Hit, which is another podcast we do here. So you could check that out for more information. How, and how, do, how can people listen to the News Hit? Because that's, that's you... Um Telling people what? Talking the, about the, the pot news. news yes. Pot news. I read you pot news. Uh, if you go to hightimes.com slash news hit um, or new shit. New shit. Depending <laughs> on how you look at it. Nice. Um, yeah, so check check that out. Dan's going to be my guest today. Yeah, I was a little surprised. 37% of Republicans were, were, were for legal. And uh, yeah. it was something like 59% of Democrats, which is way too low. Um, but I was surprised at the high number of uh, Republicans who support it. And so that's cool. Thank you to those Across Republicans. the board, you know, they do like a little comparison to 2010. And just every uh, demographic that they talk to, the, it, the support for pot increase. So it's pretty amazing. This also brings me to mind of like that attitude that people have, oh, pot will never be legal. And I hear this from stoners, oh, the government won't, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> I, I, really, I really resent that. And I think it's a time for those people to seriously stop and like get on the boat because that's holding us back. That attitude is holding us back. And anything, Gandhi made a change without a single weapon just by getting enough people to believe that it could happen, and the British left India, just walked away. So we can easily legalize pot if we all have the attitude that, hey, it's inevitable, it's, a, it's gonna happen. And so all that naysaying, and like kinda kicking up gravel or whatever, is slowing us down. So I don't wanna hear that anymore. Oh, the government, government is a bunch of bureaucrats. The government will do, you know, I mean, stop being so afraid of them. Tell them what to do, you know what I mean? Like. I'm sick of that. Just, you know, don't tell me pot will never be legal because blank, blank, blank. Tell, tell me what you're doing to help make pot legal today. That's right. You heard it here first from <laughs> the, the Mahatma Gandhi of pot, Danny Danko. <laughs> That's pretty exciting. 
Um, all right, cool. Well, yeah, like I said, if you want to hear more about uh, that poll and some other uh, interesting marijuana news items, check out the news hit. We are going to take a little break, but when we come back, we have a really great interview. So stick around for that, right? Yeah, free weed, 36. Thank you. All right, we are back, and we have a interesting interview coming up with uh, a couple of people working with Loud Seeds. Uh, we've got James and Luke. Welcome, guys. Hi, how you guys doing? Very good. Thanks. Thanks for joining us. And uh, I should mention to the listeners that James and uh, the team at uh, Loud actually won uh, the Cannabis Cup in hybrid for the Loud Scout in Amsterdam this past November. Um, why don't you tell me a little bit about the history of the company and um, also maybe a little bit about winning that cup? Sure. So uh, we've been doing breeding for a long time, and it just kind of clicked a while back uh, that maybe we could turn this into a real business, something that was legitimate and not just a hobby. And uh, we kind of have been building it from there. We've, we've been working on genetics for... Uh, about three years. It was for, four, four years. Yeah, it was about four. four it was about four years ago. It was actually an accident, which um, <clears throat> a, a male accidentally got brought into a room, and um, and it pollinated a, a whole room, which produced um, a variety of different uh, phenotypes. Because there was a sour diesel and there was a jack in the room, and so it it pollinated all these different uh, types of phenotypes with, with that, and that's kind of where, where it started. And um, from there, we basically started taking males, fat-crossing them with uh, each, either parent or um, within themselves or two other different types. And so, uh, you know, at first what seemed to be like a loss ended up being kind of like a blessing in disguise, kind of a vision for being like, okay, you know, um, these are this is something that you know, is, is, is kind of the future of where things are going. Yeah. Um, so a room a room got seeded, and then you guys were able to take those seeds and, and, and refine them back into different uh, representations of, of various phenotypes that came out of those seeds. Yeah, exactly. And so, like, w- one of the things we were trying to do was we were trying to basically breed towards the sour diesel. So we kept taking uh, males, and we would back cross the males towards the sour diesel. And, but what's difficult is, I guess, when you're um, trying to pick the male and trying to pick the trait that's specific to the, to the um, uh, sour diesel phenotype in the male, mm-hmm. it's kind of difficult. So we're having to use cues like uh, flowering time. Like, so if this, uh, usually the jack dominant ones would be um, flowering earlier or showing signs of being a male earlier. So we'd pick the ones that were later to do the crossing in order to try to exhibit the male, you know, phenotype in the strain. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was that was kind of some of the things that we're kind of like looking for in terms of, um, you know, where to breed, how to breed, you know, not just like, you know, what's the fastest. You know, we, we found like, especially this, this past year, we, we, we found some like 42-day um, finishers, which was a, you know, a, like, like I said, that first cross, there was a cross with, a, with an early girl, which resulted in one, you know, 42 days strain, but, you know, it's just not really that great. So, um, so yeah, so just different types of, uh, 
of ideas for where you you know want stuff to go. And usually, like the first gen, the first two generations, the, the, the kids are like either leaning towards the the, the mother or the father, mm-hmm. and there's this like slight mixture. And as you keep with kind of like breeding them within themselves, and the the mixture kind of becomes the more dominant one. Or there's some random weird looking one that doesn't look like the mother or the dad or the mixture. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, those are the ones that we automatically set off to the side because they might be some recessive gene or they might be some kind of genetic drift or just something out of the ordinary. Mm-hmm. And so those are, those are the ones that, we, that we're, we try to concentrate on in terms of when we're, when we're just doing a general pick, of like, you know, just from, you know, prior to, um, you know, them coming to fruition. Usually the ones that look weird are, are completely different. So... So there's a there was a wide variation among those uh, different phenotypes, and you basically um, crossed back to try to get to certain ones that you you per- particularly uh, were choosing for. Yes, and and also um, specific phenotypes that are rare or mm-hmm. not, you know, that, that we have, you know we know that it came from the parent or the or the mother or the father, but they don't look like the mother or the father. Right, it's like that hybrid, that hybrid vigor kind of F one, that F one uh, hybrid vigor exhibited in those. Yeah, but you know, sometimes we're not we're not completely focusing on the vigor because mm-hmm. if if people were looking for the vigor, they would have never chose like OG Kush because you know it's not a very big yielder. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? They would have thrown that thing out the first time. You know, mm-hmm. so it's so so sometimes you know we 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 separate them into what we think we have. And then, and then we go about figuring out, you know, once they come to fruition, is this something rare, you know? Who, mm-hmm. who cares about the yield? It doesn't matter about the yield. It matters about you know, the specific trait that it has. Mm-hmm. Right, and we might, we might be pulling, you know, 10, ten actual phenos from a gene population of about 300. When you're, when you're looking at a gene pool like that big, mm-hmm. and we're only taking 10 to, you know, sometimes 15 phenos to work with off of each one. Right. A very a very small amount is actually getting filtered through. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, everything is, all of them are showing signs of, of hybrid figure, but, um, you know, there's, you know, really like one or two percent are, are really in the, in the wow factor, you know, in right. the, you know, encompassing, you know, the smell and the taste and everything kind of carries over. Um, and, you know, something unique as well. So, and so last year we started experimenting a lot with the uh, Girl Scout cookie and they, well, about a year and a half ago. So we started experimenting a lot with them. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess I'll, I'll let James uh, talk to you a little bit more about that. Cool. Yes. So as far as like, uh, we won the cup in 2012 with the Girl Scout Times Platinum. Um, and we've been working on making seeds for a while. Uh, we should have seeds up this summer sometime. Feminized seeds, we're hoping. Uh, we also have some other great seeds that are just as good, if not better. We have uh, Girl Scout cookies times the original loud, mm-hmm. which uh, is phenomenal, and that should be out this summer as well. And it's just the the Girl Scout has a really uh, really strong characteristic that seems to carry over pretty well when you cross it, um, even when you cross it with something you know like the loud, which has a lot of jack in it. Yeah, the, um, yeah, exactly. Because the um, the sour like the the sour loud cross or the the jacks cross with sour. Mm-hmm. The jack is super prevalent, super dominant. And so that's why we need to keep crossing it back and back and back. You know, we're, right now we're working on 15 parts 
you know, uh, sour, one part Jack right now. Right. But it's still super dominant. But as soon as we crossed that with the Girl Scout cookie, the Girl Scout cookie just completely took over, complete dominance. But one of the good things that we're seeing is that it, it still maintains the actual, like, fragrance and aroma and even some variations of the fragrance of the, and the aroma of the Girl Scout cookie, but it's a lot more, it's a lot fatter. You know, that's one of the things about the Girl Scout cookie is that it, it doesn't yield, you know, that much. Mm-hmm. So There was also, I saw um, a, a really dark strain that you guys have in your in your catalog, um, like a, a purple, a granddaddy purple. Yeah, we, yeah, we have a GDP, and mm-hmm. that's not actually originally ours. We didn't create the GDP or anything. We're just bringing, uh, bringing that to the table because it's a really cal- a popular California strain. Um, we actually got it from... Uh, Grass Valley, and uh, it's a, it's a good commercial strain. Uh, it yields pretty good for GDP. Again, uh, we sell the rank seeds, so you get a lot of variance in the phenotypes. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, produces some good stuff. That's one of those ones that you know it, it really depends on how cool your environment is. Well, if if you want it to turn purple, so the the cooler your environment is, the darker it gets. I've seen a lot of stuff coming out pretty good. Wow. Yeah, and we have a we have a bank of about thirty six different moms that we're working with right now. Wow. Yeah, we our library consists of almost a hundred, but we're specifically working with uh, thirty six. Yeah. All right. Well, tell tell me a little bit about the experience over in Amsterdam of uh, having you know your strain name and your company name called out and going up there and accepting the award and all of that. Oh, there was a lot of shock factor with us. Uh, <laughs> you know, it was our first event as far as entering in a high times cannabis cup and it was it was kind of shocking we were you know we knew we had good stuff and uh you know not only did we prove to the rest of the world but we proved to ourselves that we had some amazing stuff and you know it's a, it's a great feeling and uh yeah it was just an amazing experience over there in general i mean one of the best weeks of my life <laughs> cool cool yeah and i mean i think one of the things that goes to show is that if you have a quality product a quality genetics grown out properly um you know, you don't have to be, uh, you know, this well-known uh, entity. You can come and uh, and compete with the big boys, and and now you are, you guys are big boys. So, congratulations on that. I mean, that's that's pretty amazing, and um, it sounds like you guys have interesting plans for the future as well. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. So yeah, we're looking at doing a whole bunch of European shows as well as all the high times events uh, coming up. Uh, we look forward. Denver's coming up like in a week and a half. We're, yeah. we're all pumped up about Denver. So. Yeah, that's going to be crazy. That's going to be a wild one. Would you guys like to to reveal the strains that you're entering in the Denver Cup? Sure. We have a we have a uh, loud cookies, which uh, genetics unknown. Um, it's actually not a loud strain. We got the cup from somebody else. We just grow it to perfection. Um, and then we have the original loud that we're entering uh, as a sativa which is one of our favorites. Yeah, we wanted to, um, you know, kind of, uh, you know, uh, United States is kind of, they don't really, they're not too big on the hazes. I mean, from, mm-hmm. for, for the most part, at least California isn't very much you know, big on the hazes. So we're trying to, you know, kind of like break the mold about about hazes. And so, you know, this one has a very nice, um, you know, piney, um, but really like spicy kind of flavor. So that spicy, is, pungent, yeah, it's, it's yeah. amazing. Actually, there's other stuff that, we didn't have enough time to perfect to be able to be like, okay, we want to enter this, but um, there'll be kind of like a little glimpses of, of, of some of the phenotypes that we're working with in the future. We have about, uh, I don't know, 
50 to 100 different phenotypes. Cool, so, cool. Uh, finished samples. We'll have a nice variety of stuff at the show for everyone to come check out so they can see kind of what we're working on as a group. Now, do you guys do concentrates and stuff like that as well? We don't specifically do concentrates. Um, we're just focusing on seeds right now. Mm-hmm. So we enjoy concentrates very much. So. <laughs> You're listening to Free Weed. We've got the team from Loud Seeds. Are you guys, uh, are your uh, strains available in California dispensaries? They are in a couple California dispensaries. Uh, we are on back order mostly right now. And uh, through cfseeds.co.uk, you can order our seeds. But right now we're like, we, we've just, uh, you know, we're on back order. Winning a cup can uh, can deplete your stocks pretty quickly, huh? Yeah, winning the cup can do a lot. It's, it's amazing. It's amazing, you know, from being a... Yeah, somebody that nobody's heard about to be in this entity that everybody wants your stuff and you can't even make enough product to get it out there. That's a that's a good problem to have because you know, you put yourself on the map and now it's just a matter of uh staying there and, and, and coming out with a high quality product and, and seeds that, you know, people uh, can use to improve the quality of their genetics and that, that's what everybody's looking for. Um, shifting over to growing a little bit, what do you guys think is like the biggest mistake that people make uh, when they're growing uh, quality genetics like let's say they've got the great seeds but um, what do they do wrong well as far as growing quality genetics, what do they do wrong I think you know a lot of people try to rush it and go go cheap and not not using the right system not setting their rooms up correctly has a lot to do with it getting enough airflow um, yeah as far I think, as I, I think over fertilizing over fertilizing. Over fertilizing is a big problem. Yeah, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of people really don't don't can't really need to understand the media. Of I'll what's tell you the on. number the number one problem is people don't start with quality genetics. They don't start with quality yeah. clones or quality seeds. Mm-hmm. And that's just that's a huge problem. Most people, you know, they look past that and they try to you know get this system that works great or they try to get these other things, but they're not looking at the genetics from the beginning. Mm-hmm. Cool, cool. Well, where where can people take a look at? Uh, your stuff online. Yeah, you can uh, go to loudseeds.com or loudseeds.co.uk for our UK company, our, our European company. Yeah, and we'll be updating. Um, we'll be updating it with what's going on with different different um, strains. Awesome, awesome. Well, thank you so much. Thank you, uh, James and Luke from Loud Seeds. Yeah, we Check- look forward to seeing you guys out there in Denver. Should yeah. be a good time. Great. That sounds good. Thank you guys very much. Take care. Thanks for coming on the show. Thank you. That was the guys from Loud Seeds. Uh, stick around. We're coming back with a uh, jumbo-sized cultivation segment of our own. Yeah. Free weed. Nice contribution, Dan. Hey, guys. As always, Free Weed is brought to you by BC Northern Lights. Now, what do they do? They make a premier grow box, several different options, also with touchscreen controls, all kinds of -of state-of-the-art stuff. Everything's automated, everything is simple, and you can have free weed yourself at home with these grow boxes. They've got uh, deals for free weed listeners too, so if you mention the show, you mention Danny Danko, you mention free weed, you mention Mike Hughes... They charge you more. (laughs) They charge you more if you mention Mike Hughes, so don't do that. But mention the show, and you will get $100 off shipping, um, some free nutrients for six months, all kinds of deals that they have. BCNorthernLights.com and BC Northern Lights at 888-236-1266, toll free. Get yourself a grow box and some seeds, and you'll never have to buy pot again. Call them.
All right, we're back. We're back. We are back. All right. Yes. There's no denying that now <laughs> that we are back. We're totally and back right now. We are. Yeah. And and we're gonna we're gonna talk some cultivation. So uh, what do you say we start with our strain of the week? This is a blast from the past. We yeah. think you guys will be interested in learning a little bit more about Panama Red. Panama Red. You guys know the song. New Riders of the Purple Sage. I guarantee you, like, 78% of our audience does not know it. Uh, the old-timers know The old-timers know, know The it. dead fans. How about this? Guys, uh, tweet us, at uh, Danny Danko, hashtag free. We'd let us know if you know that song or not. The judge don't know when Red's in town. He keeps well hidden underground. That's the deal with Panama Red. Like 115-year-olds right now. We're fast-forwarding <laughs> through this part. Well, they shouldn't, because the old-school Panama Red is back, and it's fantastic and better than ever basically uh in the old days you used to have these land race strains you know the smuggling era when our founder tom Forsad and high time founded high times and you know people used to pl- fly the plane loads from all over the world the acapulco gold the maui wowie from hawaii the durban poison from africa uh, santa marta gold from colombia congolese black also africa all these strains were from their point of origin acclimated to that like uh you know near to the equator sort of thing and that's how they could grow sativas back then and the thing about those is that if if you talk to the people who smoked them back then they really did have a a whole different kind of kick than most of the pot we smoke now If, if if you're not a connoisseur and you're smoking indicas and indica dominant plants almost almost all the time um because most growers don't even want to grow this stuff out and um, and now why is that? Because they stretch so much? Yeah, and it's stretchy. It takes a long time uh, to flower. You know, some, some uh, land race strains are notoriously hermaphroditic, like um, Southeast Asian Thai, you know, things like that, um, which makes them tough in breeding projects because, you know, the last thing you want is hermy genetics. That's like death in the, in the seed world. So, you know, you want to keep things real stable. And by, by using, you know, indica-dominant genetics, you, you pretty much guaranteed to not have too much of that funky funky stuff going on and you know growers just love it it's bigger yields for the indica dominant strains it's uh it's a shorter time period for flowering and especially outdoors you know you finish sooner you, yeah. you beat the frost but and we're, all, we're all used to that indica high but when you get a really nice old school sativa there's just something about that electricity the oh, electric buzz right it's amazing and um you know for medicinal purposes too there can be all kinds of ailments that you can treat, including obviously depression. So, um, you know, nausea, pain, all kinds of things. We actually encountered the Panama Red at the Seattle Cannabis Cup uh, of last year. Um, a local access point that was called Delta 9 entered it in the Sediva category. And, you know, you never know when some something gets entered. Oh, is it, are they just naming it? Is, does this really go back to Panama? Is it, is it really from the you know original seeds? But we had it tested. It tested it almost 20% THC, which is pretty pretty high up there. It was 19.79. And we also had some old timers try it out. And uh, a few of them actually said that uh, it was like stepping into a ganja-fueled time machine. It really brought them back <laughs> to their you know, experiences smoking those equatorial sativas um, back when they were more prevalent. That's the stuff that, that Tommy Chong was talking about when we had him on, on yeah. episode 35, those yeah, old school and, sativas. Yeah. Right, and that's the thing, is back then it was like a different high. You know, mm-hmm. these, th- these came from places where 
Um, you know, they had sunshine and, and, and perfect climates for this type of thing. But not 20% THC, right? No. There's a lot of debate about well, that right now, uh, you know, as far as these strains having far more THC content than the old school strains. Yeah, and, and, and the thing, to be honest, is that THC percentage isn't, is really not the end-all, be-all of, no. of cannabis. I mean, it's nice to have a high percentage, but really it's how it makes you feel. And these are the strains, um, high or you know, medium-level THC, they, they give you that, that uplifting, electric feeling, um, more of a buzz than a stone, you know, a real high. And that's the thing about the Panama Red. And, and we, you know, we smoked this. It actually took third place in the sativa category. Um, so for a, a strain with roots in the 60s to take third place in a contemporary cannabis competition is really um, proof that, that there's something to those old timers talking about the, the strains of, of yore. And um, it's great to know that they weren't lost. The, the sad thing about a lot of those locations that I mentioned is that, you know, because of pressures, economic pressures and pressures from the government, a lot of those places switched over to growing poppies or growing coca and things like that. And the marijuana kind of fell by the wayside. And it's difficult even now, it's in some places, to find land race genetics in places where it existed for many, 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 many years. So um, it's great that people have it and hopefully they're using it for breeding purposes and, and, and figuring out ways to get that out to more people. And uh, yeah, so that's the Panama Red. We went a little long with the strain, but it, uh, it kind of deserves it. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, <clears throat> uh, it, where where can people find Panama Red at this point? Well, this was a local access point that entered it called Delta Nine. Delta Nine um, out and in that's Seattle, right? in the Washington area. Yeah. So Washington residents can can check that out. Um, other than that, I'm not really sure who has seeds for that. I know Reefer Man Seeds um, had it uh, back in the day. Um, they may have it now. I would check that and. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, yeah, just poke around, see if you could find it. Yeah, and it's not for beginner growers, and it's not really for beginner smokers either. I mean, uh, it's going to stretch, and it's going to take a while to flower. And when you're smoking it, it can be a little bit overwhelming for the uninitiated puffer. They're not really expecting that sort of heart racing thing to happen and then it kind of perpetuates itself and sometimes people feel like they're having a panic attack. Yeah, what was that? The African uh, heart attack strain that you oh, had? Niger the, Nigerian. Nigerian yeah. silk or Nigerian, Nigerian black. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah, yeah. that's a really, uh, really heart, heart racing kind of, yeah. Yeah. All right. Know. Well, uh, let's let's jump to the cultivation tip of the episode and what do you have for us this well, week? It's, it's beautiful out. It's yeah. uh, April. What do you got? Yeah. Um, the, we're going to talk about spring planting. You know, spring pot planting, whether it be for outdoors, um, you know, typically springtime is when you plant for outdoors, um, but you could be doing this indoors as well. Um, as the temperatures start rising, it's the time to start your plants. And to be honest, you should be starting even earlier than spring. You should really start in the winter indoors if you really want those big, huge plants outdoors. So... Uh, so what you would start, say, in February and get them nice and or even, going? Or even earlier. Some people yeah. start in December, January, um, hmm. you know, and that way they have plants that are, you know, two or three feet big by the time they get them outside in the spring. And then they end up with, you know, 10 and 12 foot uh, massive trees, you know, 10 pounders. And the only way really to accomplish that outdoors is to start those plants indoors under grow lights, um, metal halides preferably. Uh, you can use fluorescence too if you need to, but uh, you want to you want to get them nice and, and strong before they even go outside. Then once they get outside, you know obviously you're going to have to water them every day and keep them in full sun and and all that, and they're going to have a whole 
prolonged vegetative time during the summer and the early, you know, the late spring. In order to do that, you really have to plant seeds or root clones. It's really your only options as far as getting your genetics going. So um, planting seeds, you know, I, I keep it simple. We've talked about it on the, on the show before. Um, use a nice moist uh, medium. You know, we like soilless mixes. If you're using, you know, cocoa or rock wool, just make sure it's moist and not cold and place your seed about a half inch down in there. Um, pack it down a little bit so that it's not, uh, you know, reaching the light at that point and keep it moist uh, and, you know, fairly warm. You don't want to sit it on a, on a cold floor or anything like that. The, the warmer, the better. And you'll see within two or three days, the seedlings will pop out. And a big mistake that people make at that point is keeping the light too far away. So really bring the light down and let the plant grow up into it and, and raise the light as needed rather than making the plant stretch up into the light. Um, as far as rooting clones, we've talked about that as well. Important things there, uh, warmth and humidity. Um, I like the cheap, you know, $2.50 plastic clone trays with uh, the clear, clear lids. Those work great. You know, they kind of recycle the moisture. Yeah, we did a, a video. Do you remember that? Yeah. Uh, a couple of years back where we showed how to, you know, sort of uh, pop the seeds and put them in that tray and mm -hmm. keep them over there. Yeah, yeah. so that's, that's available online if you want to check that out. It's sort of a step-by-step -step for germinating. Yeah, and also if you want to go a little more complicated germination-wise, Simon from Sirius uh, a couple of episodes back talked about um, a good method. I haven't actually tried it, but um, he's got it in the bag, but the bag is actually vertically kind of standing up and when the seeds pop they're already sort of know they know up and down and and then you can pop them in the soil or your whatever mix you're growing in what's um, the benefit of of that over just like a paper towel or a medium that you're putting it right into well if you're buying if you're buying like a 10 pack for 150 dollars, you really want every seed to pop so you're probably going to get you know a better percentage of total a better germination rate if you really you know, pay close attention to each seed that, that way. Um, but usually, you know, the way I see it, if the difference between 80% and 90% is not that big of a deal, it's basically one plant. And I, mean, I guess it depends on your scale and everything. But right. it, always, it always amazes <laughs> me the things you hear, like, you know, from the very beginning of learning how to grow, like, yeah. you know, a, a moist uh, paper towel mm -hmm. and so on and so forth. It's the same thing that, that these, like, amazing world-class growers are suggesting it at right. Cannabis Cup. So it's very, yeah, but sometimes know, some things it, are just what they are. <laughs> and sometimes you can overcomplicate the process. I mean, the seed is there. Right. It, it wants to pop open. It wants to grow into yeah, a Get plant, out of your so. own way, sort of. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And when it's, I feel like when it's in the medium that it's going to be growing in you know you've done no damage to the taproot it's acclimating to where it's supposed to be uh it's not being prodded and poked around or or, or moved around and confused and I, I think that there's something to be said for just you know staying out of the way uh yeah but if you're going to use clones you have to have mother plants and you need to maintain the mother plants and we've done uh maintaining mother plants thing you just keep them in the vegetative uh stage and make sure they're healthy and that's really it um, they could be under fluorescence, they could be under halides, um, and, you know, keeping that the mother plants healthy is going to ensure that you have healthy clones to take from the mother plant. And that's mother plant maintenance, basically, you know, just keep it in the vegetative stage, give it plenty of uh, um, high nitrogen nutrients when needed, and uh, that brings us basically to the vegetative stage, which is um, the period of time before a plant starts flowering which is what's going to happen in the spring. Whether you're growing from seeds or clones, you want to have a uh, definitive vegetative stage. 
and basically you're keeping the lights on 18, 20 hours on, um, six to four hours off. And that's the plant building up its root system, uh, building lots of branches. And root systems with plenty of room to flourish produce much larger plants than root-bound ones. So uh, just give them, give them room. Get, use at least a five-gallon container if you're going to use containers or dig a nice deep hole if it's going to be outside uh, in soil. Basically, springtime, you know, it's also the time for pruning. Any kind of techniques that you have for, uh, you know, extending the branches and, and pruning the tops and, and bending branches... All of that, uh, this is the best time to do all that because you're in the vegetative stage. You're not going to damage any flowers. If something breaks off, well, no big deal. Two will replace it eventually. And, and that's, the, that's the theory behind those big outdoor plants that you see. I mean, th they didn't just grow that way naturally. They were manipulated. And so all your pruning techniques, your fimming, uh, all of that can happen during this vegetative stage in the springtime, even a little bit into the summer. And it's also the time for foliar feeding, which I love, and I definitely highly recommend foliar feeding. Yeah, so what exactly is foliar feeding? We hear this a lot, and uh, so it's, it's break misting, it down for us. It's misting the plants. It's, it's, uh, you make a composted, uh, I mean, you make an aerated compost tea, um, which is easy to do with just an air pump and some compost and, and uh, any kind of additives you want to add to that. You just oxygenate that overnight for 24 hours, and then... Um, that kind of builds up all the microbial activity. Then you put that into a spray bottle or mister of some sort. Uh, it should be about the consistency of like a weak iced tea. You want, you want to dilute it if it's, if it's too thick and dark. And then you just mist the plants, the top and the bottom of the leaves. Um, you know, if you miss and it gets on the, on the you know, soil, that's fine too. It's going to absorb right in. And this protects your plant from pests. It protects your plants from um, a lot of the things that could attack it, as well as giving it a really nice dosage of mild nutrient. And the leaves love it. It's a great way to remove any kind of debris or dust or any kind of pollutants or anything that might be settling on your leaves. And I just love it. I think it's a great thing to do. It keeps the plants nice and healthy. Um, the you know leaves will droop down, and then they'll bounce back up stronger. Uh, there's nothing wrong with foliar feeding all the way throughout the vegetative stage into maybe the first week or so of flowering. And then at that point, you want to stop because you don't want to get a lot of moisture stuck inside flowers because that's, that's inviting mold. But as long as there's you know, just leaves growing and branches forming and nice, healthy new shoots, uh, it, you, you can't really over foliar feed. Um, just don't do it in the hottest part of the day. You don't want to do it at like noon or one. Do it early on in the morning and that'll give a plant a nice uh, basis to it's like having breakfast in the morning so it's a nice basis for the plant and that's pretty much it for spring planting i and mean can you can you do that the foliar feed throughout the entire uh, cycle until veg you can do it throughout vegging you can't do it into flowering so once the once the flowers start forming you want to cut back on on any kind of uh, misting of your plants because you know you don't want to risk having them but go into bud rot and mold kind of situation. And that's what happens when um, moisture gets stuck in the middle of the uh, forming flowers. Gotcha. All right. Well, there, there's some, some tips on spring planting. And, uh, of course, you could read more about spring planting in the May issue of High Times. Uh, I think that is still on, uh, on newsstands for a little while, so go pick that out. 
it's a great issue. That up rather. It it's, is a good issue. Yeah. There's lots of good stuff in there. Nick um, Offerman, who is awesome from Parks and Recreation, is interviewed in the magazine. A very outspoken celebrity comedian who uh, very open about his pot use, which we love here at High Times. I love the uh, the top cover line there, 100 pounds a month, million-dollar <laughs> grow rooms. That sounds pretty impressive. Yeah, so. you know, grow rooms are getting bigger, bigger and bigger. And, yeah, we got a, a great article about terpenes, which uh, we'll talk about on a future show, but the, the science of terpenes. We should, yeah, definitely discuss terpenes at some point. That's becoming a pretty interesting topic. Maybe we'll have uh, Craig Coffey on. He, he knows a lot about that, and uh, yeah. that would be an interesting discussion. Keith Strop, we got an excerpt from uh, Normal Founder Keith Strop's book talking about his experiences with Hunter Thompson and mm. Hitman Glass. Bobby Black did a kick-ass report about uh, the Glass Masters, Hitman Glassworks, uh, making those awesome rigs for everybody. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so um, it's time to move on to my favorite part of the show, which is when we answer your questions, or Dan answers your questions. Now, uh, for the last couple shows, we haven't had an opportunity to do this. Uh, last week, Tommy Chong actually came on and asked Dan some grow questions. So we're making up for it a little bit. We've got a, a pretty good number of questions here from some of the listeners. Uh, what do you say we get started? Let's do it. All right, great. Alex writes, and again, uh, you can contact us at uh, freeweed at hightimes.com. You could also get us uh, on Twitter at Danny Danko, at Mike Hughes underscore. Always use the hashtag freeweed. First question's from Alex. Uh, hey, Danny and Mike, I got to say thank you. You guys convinced me to get legal and start my first medical grow. So thank you very much. You made a lifelong fan. Thank you, and congratulations on that. Uh, Alex is growing some granddaddy perps indoors in soil. And uh, he noticed that his back patio gets amazing California sunshine in the afternoon. Now, he can't grow out there permanently, but he was curious if he could stick the plants outdoors for a few hours every day. And uh, he wonders if that would supplement his HID with the, or would the back and forth just confuse them and do more harm than good? That's a good question. Uh, basically, my take on it is you can never get too much sunlight except if you do it when the plant is supposed to be in the dark cycle. So if you have a 12-12 cycle and you're during your light cycle and you want to save a little money on electricity and put the plants outside during that time, feel free to turn your, your indoor lights off and put the plant outside to get full sun. You'll, you'll see that they, they'll thrive on that. You just have to make sure to bring them back inside for the dark cycle. So if your 12-12 is 6 a.m. to 6 p.m. or whatever it might be, um, before that, l the lights would normally turn off in your grow room. You have to go get those plants that are out on that porch and bring them back inside so that when the lights go dark, the plants are in the dark. And that, the only way to confuse them is to put them outside in the sun when they're supposed to be in the dark. So, um, so no nothing wrong with changing the environment as long as you keep the, the light and dark uh, cycles right. consistent. Absolutely. And, and, and the plants will actually benefit from, from real sunshine, too. So if you can do two or three hours... Um, supplementing your lights with outdoor sun and then bring them in for their dark cycle uh, if you want to save some money on electricity you can shave you know th three hours or, or even more a day out of your uh, electrical budget by bringing them outside there you go all right Alex uh, go ahead and give those plants some of that California sunshine we're jealous out here in New York but, uh, <laughs> moving on we got John he writes um, I'd like to grow Neville's Haze outdoors here in Wisconsin. I know it takes a long time to finish. Is it possible or am I wasting my time? So there's a, a question about those sativas right. that take a little bit longer. What mm -hmm. do you think? Wisconsin? Uh, well, it is possible, but you're going to have to uh, implement a few changes because 
obviously your frost is in Wisconsin probably comes in late September, early October, around that time, and the plants would still be flowering at that time. So you'd have to use a hoop house or some sort of greenhouse structure to keep the plant warm enough because the sunlight is fine. It's just the cold that's going to hurt it. So you can make it through to December and harvest your Neville's haze as long as you keep it covered with a uh, you know something that lets light in but doesn't let the cold in as much and you know that way uh, it'll absorb a lot of warmth during the day and hopefully the, and hopefully you can keep it warm at night i mean there's um ways you, you can put a heater in there i've seen greenhouses in maine that had uh, actual wood burning stoves inside the greenhouse to keep it warm right right through the winter so there is ways to do it but to extend your growing season you have to somehow keep the plants warm outside and so that's your challenge and you can't do that by just leaving them out there because they'll they'll freeze and so my suggestion is to get some sort of a greenhouse structure um, preferably one that's attached to your house because that can keep it warm if it, if it can't be attached to your house you have to think of ways to keep it warm in the evening some people have these really cool um, water tanks that will absorb heat all day from the sun and then sort of radiate heat outwardly for for hours during the nighttime and those work great as well so that's what you need to do to grow a you know extreme sativa outdoors and in a northern climate all right so you have some options there john and uh, also be careful growing in wisconsin not quite as legal as california not a very tolerant state i would imagine Moving on. Uh, this is from Jason. I've been listening to Free Weed for a while and gone through all the episodes. Well, thank you, Jason. Uh, we appreciate that. Uh, I have a question about USDA certifications in relation to growing weed. Obviously not to be USDA certified. Uh, I'm paraphrasing here, but he says, uh, is there some publicly recognized standard for organic weed? Uh, that is also a good question. There's not really. I mean, I know there's some programs like... Um, uh, my colleague Bean and I visited um, a place called Clean Green in uh, NorCal, which was certifying organic gardens there. Basically, they go and they visit your farm. They test your soil. Um, they make sure you have to, you know, fill out um, documents that tell them, you know, how long you've been growing organically. And then they do their testing. And and basically, that's the, the one that I know of is called Clean Green Certified. Um, as far as USDA organic certifications, they're pretty weak. I mean, you can use basically like human waste in some of these applications and, and toxic sludge and things like that. So we don't recommend that. I definitely don't recommend that. And, and so, uh, <laughs> you know, the, their guidelines have weakened over time because of, uh, I guess, because of lobbying from the farming industry or whatever it might be. But uh, they've weakened. So USDA organic certifications are you know, fairly meaningless, especially when it comes to cannabis, because you can't get one anyway. Um, right, and then even if you did, like you were saying something locally, that uh, doesn't necessarily translate elsewhere. So, right, right. Um, but the cool thing is, is that many cannabis nutrients, or, you know, let's say, call them uh, indoor horticulture nutrients, are tested and are labeled OMRI certified, which is a little better than USDA. I mean, at least it means a naturally derived product. Um, that can include things like urea, but um, yeah, I mean, my suggestion is just go veganic and and uh, and don't even worry about all the distinctions. And if you're growing outdoors, 
look into you know permaculture and things like that where your soil isn't just a medium for growing but it's actually you're you it's something that you improve year after year until you have like a soil that you barely have to even fertilize and that's really the ideal way um for sustainable farming year after year all right well hope, hopefully that helps jason and and hopefully at some point uh, there will be some publicly recognized standard for organic uh, weed but as you mentioned it is sort of meaningless when you get right down to it just grow really good pot and as a side note, Jason... And flush, and flush the plants. I got to flush. Whether yeah. you use organic or chemical nutrients, spend that last um, week minimum, you know, hopefully two weeks or so with just plain water and really get get that stuff out of there. Was it Swerve who was saying he didn't really care about what goes into it so much as long as that flush is good and everything gets out of it? Yeah, know? I mean, he yeah. talked about using, you know, General Hydro three-part, but just yeah. making sure he flushed very well at the end. And, yeah. and you can get good, clean-burning pot that way. Um, just wouldn't be necessarily what I'd recommend, but right. can be done. All right. Well, thank you very much, Jason. And moving on, we've got a uh, Corey, dear Danny D. <laughs> I was looking through archives of back issues of High Times. Now, it's hard to tell which are the best issues for cultivation without all the other BS articles they put in there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> we apologize for all that BS. Um, anyway. Uh, Corey wants to know which ones, in your opinion, Dan, uh, have the best legendary advanced cultivation articles, not beginner or novice. So uh, where could you go in Fort High Times, mm-hmm. or uh, where can you go in High Times to find the best advanced grow articles? Wow. Okay. Well, um, you know, the magazine High Times is not just for cultivation. So, you yeah, know, we also have BS. <laughs> <laughs> well, by BS, I'm sure, you know, he's talking about, um, you know, music reviews and cultural kind of stories, reads, um, things about, you know, activism and things. And I don't consider those things BS one bit. But uh, if you're looking for something if that's... If you just want the cultivation. If you just want the cultivation, we put out, uh, I believe it's four best of issues a year at this point that are just cultivation. So look for best of high times. Those issues... Are, they don't really have a lot of the cultural stuff or activist stuff. It's really just for growers. And there's advanced ones. There's beginner ones. Um, look for the more advanced ones, the ones with the stash rewards and, and you know, articles by Nico about lighting and, and things like that. That's where you'll find a lot of the more advanced technical stuff for just the grower. And as far as, uh, you know, the regular high times, we, we mix it up. So we've got the grow articles. We've got, you know, stuff on entertainment. All cannabis related, of course. But... Um, there's much more to cannabis than just cultivation. So that's what we do with high times and with best of high times. That's where you're going to get the grow stuff. And, you know, you can always check out Nico's DVD, um, various books that we've put out. You know, there's a a lot of information out there. And if you check out, um, we're launching a new website. Is that right? I was just going to say another option. Uh, And there's going to be April 20th is the official launch date. Uh, That's 420, if you didn't know. And we'll be (laughs) launching a new website then which will have a lot of subcategories in the cultivation section. and yeah, We're making a, a concerted effort to get a really strong cultivation mm-hmm. section on that website. And so. user-friendly with, with uh, easy searching for certain subjects and, and a lot of advanced stuff. So you'll see, uh, you'll see us definitely stepping up our game in that aspect as far as uh, cultivation stuff on the website as well. And that's great because it's free information. 
Absolutely. All right, Corey, hopefully that helps. You got a few options there. And let's move on uh, to... That's a lot of questions. Yeah, we're making up for some lost time. Yeah, <laughs> awesome. we, we took a little time off. Yeah, so no, we're I just going to, you know, some keep of these, these, keep last, these last ones are, are, you know, not quite as intense <laughs> okay. for you. I know okay. this is, you, you'll get paid extra for this. Don't worry. No, no, keep them coming. Yeah. Um, all right, this is from Drew. I'm a beginning grower. I have three purple kush plants. I have been growing for about uh, three and a half weeks now. So nearly a month. Uh, the plants are about 10 to 11 inches tall, but my grow space is limited to four feet by uh, two and a half feet. When should I switch to a 12-12 cycle? Now. <laughs> Do it now. I mean, in, in, in uh, you know, the short answer is switch now. The longer answer is... Um, you know, learn about the pruning and the training techniques that we talked about earlier. If you want the to veg them out a little longer, what alarms me a little more is is that the plants are only ten inches tall after three weeks. They should potentially, at, at, under perfect circumstances, be, you know, at least a foot tall, if not taller, after that amount of time. So, um, I would look into whether you have enough lighting going on and whether it's close enough to. Uh, the plants and stuff like that but um, if your space is only four feet tall you still need room for your light you still need room between the light and the plant tops because you don't want to burn the plants so you have to factor all that into how much space you have so if it's four feet it's really just maybe two and a half feet because the plant's going to take up close to, I mean the light is going to take up close close to a foot uh, depending on what type of system you use and then the distance between the light and the plants depending on the light needs to sometimes be as much as a foot or more so well now he could be inc including that in this because he right. says his space is limited to four feet by two and a half so that right. might include it, the light either way i mean you, what yeah. people what people learn kind of the hard way a lot of times is how much a plant will stretch after uh flowering has been induced and this is particularly true for sativas but indicas will s typically stretch a foot or more and some sativas will stretch two or three feet during that period of time the transition as the plant figures out, okay, it's no longer the vegetative time, now it's time to flower, it continues to grow upward, like I said, uh, upwards of a foot or more. So you have to factor that space in, or you have to train the plant to grow sideways rather than upwards. So those are your options, and uh, like I said, I would start the flowering process now because you, you have to account for that stretch. All right, well, there you go, Drew. Hopefully that helps, and uh, write us back. Let us know how that all worked out for you. Let's move on to Rob. Rob writes, hey, Danny and Mike, absolutely love your show. Thank you. Thank you. Um, let's see. I uh, listened every episode over the last week and a half. I had a question for the two of you, albeit it's not a grow question. Can you recount your first time getting high? I'd love to know <laughs> the tale. So, uh, Danko, would you like to feel this one? Tell us about the first time you got high. I, I actually have two first times. Well, that, that, that seems like a first second time. Well, you know how it time. is. Like, a, a lot of times the first time you don't get high. So ah, yes. My first time smoking pot mm. um, was out of a snowbank, actually. I was up in school in New England, and we didn't have a pipe. My friend had some bud. I had already um, been pretty, you know, pretty eager to try it out. And he didn't have a way to smoke it. So he had been at some ski resort or something, and he figured um, some, some older kids had shown him how you can make a pipe out of a snowbank, and we had plenty of snow. So he basically like... A snowbank? A snowbank, a bank of snow. He basically poked a hole in the top of it, poked a hole in the side of it, mm. put some bud in the top of it, 
lit it and hit the the sideways hole and and the weed smoked the weed that's impressive yeah it was it was interesting to me because you know it was my first time and i was like ah this is how it's always done you know i mean i knew about joints and bongs and stuff but <laughs> it, it was a bit yeah. it was a bit weird to be smoking out of a snowbank and um, and I had that same experience. I didn't really feel any much of anything, and I was a little bit disappointed. Kind and your of, oh, lips are probably cold, also. Yeah, yeah. There was that part too. It was yeah. cold. It was outdoors. We were, you know, hiding from our, uh, you know, our teachers and stuff. So that wasn't the greatest experience. Although I have since smoked in snowbanks and had had a great time. <laughs> Um, so you're not saying don't smoke in snowbanks. <laughs> that just that was a bad experience. A bad first, first time. Well, tell us about your, your then, second first okay. time. So just shortly after that, we went to. He had an older brother um, going to school in Boston. We went to his house, and he was probably I don't know. He seemed like he was 25, but he was probably like 17 or 18, just starting college. And he rolled each of us a joint. So one for me, one for my friend, his little brother, and one for himself. And we each just smoked our own joints. That's and that go. time I got really, really, really high. Yeah. <laughs> I really did. And then I realized, What okay, age are we talking here? Should I even be saying? I don't uh, know. Maybe not. <laughs> Let's say you, younger than 13 and older than 11. Okay. <laughs> that does narrow it down. You know, so, yeah. But, you know, that was a different time. And, and I, you know, I definitely recommend people... Um, you know, do their research and let their brains develop before <laughs> before getting into that sort of thing. But uh, take Dan as an example, <laughs> as a cautionary tale, people. <laughs> but I loved it. You know, I really did. I had a I had an interesting experience. I mean, I got really, really high. It was almost a psychedelic type experience um, with it. And but it, but it was nice. It was enjoyable. And we laughed. God, did we laugh? <laughs> we laughed. I mean, our stomachs hurt for like three days after. And it was just fun. It was a great time, and uh, I never really looked back after that. I really that I started you, buying yeah. my own, you know, dimes and <laughs> and, and nickels, and <laughs> never really turned back. Always had a little bit on me at all times. Well, there you go. Sometimes more than a little bit. Yeah, just slightly more than a little bit. Um, <laughs> well, thank you, Rob. And Rob also says thank. Uh, you meeting us uh, for putting on such a great show. Well, we appreciate that. We've gotten and, so uh, many cool emails. Yeah, they've been Thank very you guys. mostly positive. Yeah, almost all positive, but some like really like poignant and interesting. And yeah. you know, anytime someone tells you that you finally convinced them to start growing their own, you know, mm, it's, it's, it, yeah. it's a great thing. I mean, as long as they don't get caught. And the one that guy earlier who said, you know, you convinced me to get legal and grow. It's like. God, that feels good, you know? That's the point. Yeah. Free weed. That's the I'm point of free weed, yeah. you know? It's like, why why be beholden to anyone else for your meds or for your wrecks or what whatever What do you, you say? Wanna... Dealer-free since 93? <laughs> Dealer-free since 93, baby. Yeah. Yeah, go. it's the key, you know? And, uh, and if you've got friends that can't grow, share it with them, you know? Spread the free weed. All right. Uh, what do you say we do one more? All right. This is a tough one. So hang in there with me here. Tougher than the first time I smoked weed? Yes. <laughs> Degree of difficulty here. Yeah. Uh, hey, Danko, I'm a huge fan. Well, thanks a lot, Brandon. Uh, <laughs> Danko, I'm a huge fan. I mm -hmm. love the show. Keep it up. I bought some tickets for the Colorado Cup. I hope to see you there. I was wondering if we could smoke together. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, there you yes, go. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. We can smoke together, and we will smoke together. So... Um, and how nice is that legally you know yeah. you could just go and, and smoke in Colorado yeah it's nice it's been a long time coming you know 
but the change has come and um, new polling out just today shows that legalization is inevitable. So take heart in that, you know, people who are in places where the rules are still backwards and all that, you know, things are changing. The people who are against us are, are leaving the earth and everyone that's coming to the earth <laughs> newly <laughs> is totally fine with what we're doing and yeah the old guard is passing and i understand what well, you're saying well the only yeah. d- the polling today said that the only people still under 50% support for legalization are seniors and yeah, over that's the age why 65 right? yeah and that's why i love what bobby tuna is doing shout out to robert platchorn should grandma smoke pot check him out google that on uh, or YouTube search should grandma smoke pot and check out what he's doing educating seniors because mm-hmm. that really is so important and normal women's alliance also shout out to Diane and, and Sabrina and everyone over there Anna Diaz and Madeline Martinez you guys are changing you, we're, we're preaching to the converted you know we're on here talking to people who want to grow pot and love pot and they're, right. they're out there talking to people you know, soccer moms and the elderly and people who you know, can really benefit from cannabis, shouldn't be afraid of it, and and are, they're, they're the ones that are going to turn the tide in our favor, and the tide has turned, you know? So if you're a prohibitionist and you're listening to the show and, you, you know, you you think you're going to win, you're really not going to like the future if you don't like marijuana because... You probably don't like the show either, <laughs> I would imagine. Yeah, but, you know, maybe it's research or something. Uh, okay. Who knows? Wouldn't that be you funny know? if the, you know, cadets had to listen to this? <laughs> Well, I listen to whatever I can from them. You know, yeah, I mean, sure. you gotta, you gotta know, know your who, enemy. Yeah, know, know your enemy. And and truly, they're not our enemies. They're, they've been misled. They they believe they're on the side, the right side. But we are the side of justice, and we are the side of um, cannabis rights for people, and the side of not raiding people's homes, not killing their dogs, not you know doing all these harmful things that the war on pot has has wreaked upon uh, the public of the world and is it rot rot reeked 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 is reeked is something else reeked is what we're doing to them (laughs) (laughs) well on that note um that does it for our reader questions if you have a question uh grow related or otherwise like that reeks (laughs) (laughs) sorry yeah if you, if you have a question that you would like Dan to answer on this show, please get in touch with us. You can do so by emailing us at freeweed at hightimes.com or, of course, on Twitter at Danny Danko, at Mike Hughes underscore. And hashtag freeweed. Hashtag freeweed. You beat me to it. And Facebook. And We're Facebook. We are. Yeah, go like our page, for God's sakes. I know. We have, like, like 400 likes. Yeah, we get thousands of listens to this show, and we have, like, seven people that like our page. Like our page. It does not make sense. I now it just sounds like we're complaining. Well... But like, you can't unlike it, so... Yeah, you can. Oh, you, you totally can, un- can unlike it. You have to like it to unlike it, though. Oh. See, it's uh, okay. But the people who already like it could unlike it, because... Well, don't do that. Please don't do that. Certainly don't do that. We and check check done. me out on Instagram. I'm on there, too. Danny Denko. Yeah. Put up some photos. There you go. All right. Uh, let us take a little bit of a break, come back, and put a bow on it. Wrap it up with Raw. Wrap it up. Yeah, I would describe that uh, that cultivation segment as um, as as chock full of advice. Yeah, I think, you uh, know, 
Yeah. We went a little over over with the cultivation just to see, you know, what what people are interested in. If this, well, this... Tommy Chong basically hogged all the cultivation questions right. last time, so we wanted to give you guys a shot. So there you go. Uh, mm-hmm. Keep sending those questions in. Absolutely. This is, by the way, the raw wrap up. I'll wrap it up with raw, raw like papers. Raw papers. I can't remember the last time we smoked any other paper. Yeah. No, we don't. And I, and I smoke If someone joints, gives us I'm other papers, we just throw them away. I don't. I ta- I can taste the other papers. I, I can't. Yeah. You know, the raw ones just just makes me so angry. <laughs> <laughs> Give me raw. Yeah. The other stuff, you know, you just. And I, there's a particular type of raw paper. Like I like the, the, darker colored. Yeah. You know, one and a quarters. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's yeah. my thing. It's like it's almost like you know, like you're getting some kind of nutritional value out of it at that point. <laughs> what happened to those clear rolling papers? You uh, remember that? Uh, uh, fad? I was never Everyone on was like, that boat. Yeah. You guys with your clear. It's like, oh bo- look, you could see the cellulose. weed when you're smoking it. What was that? That was ugly. That was, I did not like that. Was a weird that. I hope you're trend. not doing that. It reminded now. me. You remember when we they they had clear Pepsi? Right. And they Gross. were like, hey, look, you Gross. can. It's Pepsi, but it's clear. Gross. Yeah. Yeah, man, people were on that like crazy. We had like four or five pages of ads suddenly for like clear yeah. joints, and and then and, no. it just like like that was gone. Gone. Yeah, I predicted like a that. Fart though. in the wind. I predicted that. You did. Uh, yeah, I was you like, I don't. Yeah. Well, I can't say that I didn't smoke clear papers because we I, all did. I, I remember. I tried that. a few yeah. of those, but it never caught on with me. What was your your main objection to them? I just didn't like them. Yeah, I didn't like the taste of them. I didn't like. The way it felt like there's there was, something strange. Like we know, yeah, we something. know it that it's like right. a natural. It was like a rice material, right? Yeah, it was but, man, what are you, what are, no, what but I'm saying, we knew that it was cellulose. It was natural, but you couldn't help think that you were smoking plastic when you were the look of it. Yeah, yeah it looked like plastic burning. It burned kind of funny. Yeah, I don't know. All right, seeing the pot get darker and darker inside there, like yeah, that's not. Sometimes that's, you that's just not, that's not sexy. No, I don't know. We got off on a I little bit of stuff. Yeah. That was a little bit of a tangent, but anyway. I go with uh, Ross. I mean, that's that's been right. That was the point. We're wrapping it up out, with Ross. So since let's, they came out, yeah, that's been my go-to. Did they have a clear? I like other papers too, but paper? nah, no, I don't. Did they? <laughs> no, they don't do a clear one. Okay. I don't think. All right. What do we got here? What are we wrapping up? That was that was loud. Uh, James from Loud. Yeah. Thank you. Very James. cool. Thanks, uh, James. We had a nice uh, little spring planting guide, so uh, mm-hmm. you could pick that up in the May issue. I think the strain, May, of, the, May strain issue. of the month, strain of the week, yeah. strain of the strain of fortnight, the, strain of the irregular time period, strain of the fortnight. Mm-hmm. I like that. That is I'm pretty good. Patent that. That's two weeks Trademark. for you for you kids that don't know. We're bringing back fortnights. Fortnight. Uh, <laughs> okay, so um, that's guys, come to Denver. Yes. No, don't actually. If, well, unless if you, have you a don't ticket. have a ticket, if you're not a ticket holder, right. do not come to Denver. Yeah, but if you do, uh, we're gonna have a great seminar there too on Saturday at five, right before the exodus to Red Rocks. Unfortunately, I'm gonna have to leave because I have to go interview slightly stupid at Red Rocks, which is cool. Right. But I just would rather do both. But well, but check out leave like halfway through. You'll still be there for the intro. I'll be there for stuff. the intro. Yeah. yeah, but check out that. It's gonna be great. Who do you have on that? Do you know? Yes. Uh, wow, it's a whole. It's gonna be Swerve, Kyle Cushman, Cushman. Uh, DJ Short. Oh nice. Uh, okay. Swerve, I believe, and uh, Adam from THC. Oh Adam. Okay, great. Yeah. yeah. All right. So maybe definitely... even some surprise guests. Who knows? Never know. It's going to be pretty crazy. All right. You got anything else? Um, You know, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, whatever the kids kids are doing these days that we don't even know about. Yeah. Chats. Carrier and, pigeon. Carrier pigeons. Yep. 
All right, so that is episode 36. Uh, you know, join us next time for episode 37 at some point. Yeah, please. <laughs> is that Was that not sincere? That was good. Please join us for episode 37 in, in the future, in a fortnight. <laughs> Just fucking wrap this up. Find a way to wrap it up. That was episode 36. Um, thank you for your support. All right. Thank you, guys. Thank you. What? How's it go? So why not? No, the part before that. All right. Um, rap. Ha 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 ha. That was weird. We're rolling, so oh. whatever you want. That's a wrap. <laughs>